Welcome to the Outpost Church Podcast. This is a message from our recent Sunday gathering, and we hope it builds you up in your faith and encourages you. Enjoy. So one of the beautiful things about being a primary school teacher, possibly a high school teacher, but I'm pretty sure it's more prevalent in primary school than it is in high school, is the teacher gifts. And perhaps my favourite teacher gift from the end of last year was um, these running socks. What do you think? Give me a um, score out of 10. How much do you like these running socks? Come on, with your, with your hands. I see that 10. And I see no one else participating. An eight from Ben. Thank you, Ben. So I wore these yesterday um, for Park Run. And it's one of those things where it's like Christmas is definitely past. We're no longer in the Christmas season. And yet I'm still wearing Christmas socks. And there's this conundrum. It's like, can I still wear Christmas socks when it's not Christmas? When they're my most comfortable, best socks that I have. Is it okay to still continue to wear them. Um, What do you think? Is it okay to still wear Christmas socks when it's outside of Christmas? Yes? No? Getting mixed response? No? That's helpful. Oh, we're on the fence. Not willing to commit. Maybe one more week. When it gets to the end of January, you definitely, definitely have to stop. (laughs) I appreciate that. that's, That's an answer. Who told you that? Yaya said na na to the Christmas wreath. It's it's done. Yeah. Nice. So as you may have noticed, when Christy um, was sharing some notices before, you may have noticed that we have 21 days of prayer and consecration that are coming up. And we've done 21 days of prayer before. We've done 21 days of prayer and fasting before. But we are now going for 21 days of prayer and consecration. doesn't just roll off the tongue so nicely. Consecration, 21 days of prayer and consecration. There is a reason that we have changed from prayer and fasting to prayer and consecration. Um, And I'd like to have a bit of a look at what that reason is over the next little while. And we're going to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And starting from verse 29. So this is one of the four readings that we've been looking at over the course of this week as part of following the lectionary. Um, Feel free to open it up on your phone or a Bible you brought. There are Bibles in the aisle. I feel like we are running out of those. There's still a few. If anyone does not yet have a Bible, there are a couple of spares uh, that are still there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and starting at verse 29. This is what I mean, brothers and sisters. The time is limited. So from now on, those who have wives should be as though they had none. Very controversial. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they didn't own anything, and those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it. For this world in its current form 
is passing away. I'm going to read it again. It's a fairly short passage. First Corinthians chapter 7 from verse 29 to 31. This is what I mean, brothers and sisters. The time is limited. So from now on, those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they didn't own anything. And those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it. For this world in its current form is passing away. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have given us the gift of Scripture. Thank you that you are with us as we read it, to interpret it for us and to help us to apply it to our lives. Lord, we want to be people who learn from Scripture. We don't want to just be aware of what it says. We want to put it into practice. And I ask that you would illuminate this, And you would help us to live it out. In Jesus' name. And all the people said? Or at least some of the people. Amen. We have a really interesting start to this particular passage. So we've got the bit at the very start, the time is limited. And you have at the end, this world in its current form is passing away. So you've got context on either side of this. So time is limited, the world in its current form is passing away. But then you have these five things. So five things that are going to be true of a significant number of people. So five different things. And each of those things, if that thing is true of you, you are to live in such a way as though it were not true of you, if you read it in a really plain way. But the first one is probably the most controversial because it says those who have wives should live as if they had none. And the culture into which this is written is very different to our current context. So to be a woman a couple of thousand years ago was much more vulnerable than it is today. Women were dependent in a much larger sense, in a much more significant sense, um, at that time of history. They were dependent upon a husband in order to provide for them. And so this is not saying for husbands to just abandon their wives or live as bachelors. It says very clearly in 1 Timothy chapter 5 that if anyone does not provide for their family then they are worse than an unbeliever. It's very clear that you are to take that responsibility seriously. So why say it? What is his point? What is he getting at when he says those who have wives to live as though they have none? He is getting at what is the most significant earthly relationship, that between a husband and wife. The significant earthly relationship is still not the most significant thing. There is something that is more significant, and that is your relationship with the Lord. We are to consecrate ourselves to him. That word consecrate means to set yourself apart. You might have a pair of socks that you set apart for a certain time of year. I don't know. Maybe you don't. We have different things that we set apart for different reasons. 
But this, the heart behind the 21 days of prayer and consecration is not that we would do it once as a once-off, but it's that we would highlight it for this period of time so that it would become more a part of what we do all the time. And the consecration works in two kind of distinctly different ways. So we are first and foremost consecrated to the Lord ourselves. So when you were baptised about nine months ago, you were consecrated to the Lord. Your whole being is set apart to him. That was a declaration of your consecration to the Lord. You were set apart to him. For all of us that follow Jesus, we are consecrated to the Lord. There is a setting apart of our whole life. But there's also the things that we own and the time that we have that we set apart to him. And it might be a certain time of the day that is holy to the Lord, where you consecrate that time, say, I am simply going to spend that in prayer and Bible reading, silence and solitude before the Lord. So you are consecrated yourself, but you also consecrate different things. I know with the Richos, with their prayer room, they have consecrated an area in their house which is for the purpose of prayer. It is consecrated, it is set apart. And it is holy, is the other word that we often use in this space. So as we read through this passage, we have these five different significant things, and it is obviously broader than in the application for simply men who are married. I think for all of us, there are those relationships that are very significant, and it is right that we have significant relationships. It is right that we take those seriously, but we cannot let any relationship come before our relationship with the Lord. And as we start this new year, it is that simple reminder, not something you haven't heard before, but a simple reminder that we are to put him first. And that is over any relationship we do have or relationships we want to have and seeking to have. He comes first. It doesn't matter what it is. He comes first. As we continue to read, Verse 30 says, Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. These two incredibly powerful emotions that are very healthy and very important that we actually express those, actually do express the, the weeping and do express the rejoicing on both sides. But we don't let that define who we are. It's not all of who we are. I had this weird thing uh, that came up a couple of years ago and it was one of those things that it bothered me and it bothered me that it bothered me. So when I stopped teaching at McLaren Vale Primary School, my school's essay account changed slightly. So I used to say Shane Rayner, McLaren Vale Primary School, but then it changed to Shane Rayner, Temporary Relief Teacher. I'm like, oh, temporary relief teacher. That doesn't have the same ring to it. And it bothered me that my email you know, title had, uh, had changed. And then, as I've already said, it bothered me that it bothered me. I'm like, why does that matter? 
It means absolutely nothing, and yet it still bothered me. We can have trivial things that reveal things in us. It reveal how we want others to see us, reveal um, how we see ourselves, and these things can be um, more significant than they ought to be. And that certainly was the case for me. Just like I can get, you know, to enter um, my average distance of walking and running in a given week, um, or my wordle stats, or other things that just mean nothing. It is easy to get distracted with trivial things, but it's also easy to be dominated by things that do really matter. On the, it's, we've just had uh, the first birthday of beautiful Iona, um, who was running around just before, um, and that was a significant day for me on a couple of levels. So my dad is one of 12 kids, my mum is one of seven, um, and they're both on the younger end amongst their siblings. And they're both about to turn 70 this year. And yet, they got through till January last year without losing any of their siblings. And it just so happened that the, the first time that I lost um, one of my aunties or uncles was the same day that beautiful little Iona was born. Um, and this bizarre day of joy... Um, but also grief and, and mourning. And we have these significant things that happen that are worth rejoicing, that are worth grieving, but they don't define who we are. They're not the ultimate reality of us. We don't deny them and ignore them, but we don't allow them to define us. There is more to who we are. We are first and foremost his kids. You are a child of the living God. And that is an amazing reality. Uh, the end of verse 30 says, Those who buy as though they didn't own anything. And we all know the danger around the stuff you own starts to own you if you let it. Those who buy as though they didn't own anything. You are not defined by the stuff that you own. It is one thing to have a car um, and to take care of it and, and use it. It is another thing to be obsessing about it or fretting about it. And it is easy to find ourselves in that space. But this awareness that we have a good, good father that provides what we need will free us from being in that predicament. To let any sense of anxiety about the things that we own uh, any sense of or over sense of pride in the things that we own, uh, we can be freed from that as we are reminded of our good, good Father. And verse 31, and those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it. What does it mean to use the world? Well, it's everything else outside of that thing of what you own, your, your stuff. Um, and for me, it is so tempting, you know, when it comes to sports stuff. Uh, whether it's my own activities or whether it's just getting into uh, different sports that are happening around the world, but putting too much focus on that sort of stuff. And there are many different things, and I'm sure there's many different things that you could think of in that space of um, 
making full use of the world. It is not for us to get so caught up in those things. They are well and truly uh, secondary things. Um, And the reason for all of these things is that the world in its current form is passing away and we are a part of something eternal. And so kicking off February the 1st, 21 days of prayer and consecration is a consecration of ourselves as well as our things and our time afresh. As we kick off, many things, you know, start again for the year in February, and so we're setting aside this time. Um, And I ask you to prayerfully consider what that might look like. We've, We've done the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and fasting can easily become... Um, a sense of, you know, martyrdom. Here are the things that I'm not doing over the course of this time. Whereas consecration is a reminder of that we belong to him. First and foremost, we belong to him. So what might it look like over these 21 days to make a statement in that? To remind yourself that you belong to him and everything you have belongs to him as well. I'm going to pray and we're going to spend a bit of time um, unpacking um, one of four different passages, the four passages we've had for for this week, Uh, and we'll do that with our Discovery Bible Method. Um, So you can do that in twos or threes. But Father, we thank you for the way that you do um, illuminate, you do shed light, and I pray that As we continue to read your word, you would continue to bring fresh insight and revelation to each and every one of us and show us what it looks like today, uh, but also show show us what it looks like in the coming season. In Jesus' name, amen. I've mentioned our owner a couple of times, uh, but yesterday was the first time I'd seen her in a little while, and we'll gather with other family um, and... Uh, she gets brought into the room, um, and everyone's just staring at Iona, um, beautiful little one-year-old. And there's different moments that we get a glimpse into how the Father looks at us and his love for us and desire for us. Um, and it's this beautiful two-way thing where, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who discovers treasure buried in a field. And then he reburies it. And in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has in order to buy that field. And that is the reality of what Jesus has done for us. He bought the field. He desired us. He wanted us. And he paid the highest price ever paid for anything in order to have us. But in order for us to truly receive what he has done for us, there is a putting aside of other things. And there is this actually realizing his value. And so we are the treasure in the field, but Jesus is also the treasure in the field that we discover and go, oh my goodness, he is amazing. He sees us that way and we have that opportunity to see him that way and to act accordingly. So God bless you as you go into uh, whatever this week holds. I appreciate there's um, some big stuff uh, for some people over the course of this week. And yeah, may you know uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Hallelujah and amen. Encourage you, if there's something that you'd appreciate prayer for, just ask. It is a good thing to lift up our concerns to the one who cares for us.